song about a man called Goff and a little boy who wanted to be tied with the same brush. Hello, this is Nicola Kasselman. Welcome to episode 33 of Pot on the Hill, Labor's weekly podcast where we discuss the political issues, events, people and campaign activities of the day. Don't forget that Pot on the Hill is available every week on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher and your favourite podcast app. If you have any questions or comments or feedback on the show, please email us at podcast at vic.alp.org.au. We'd love to know more of what you like about the show. Don't be shy. A reminder that Victorian Labor's Community Action Network has relaunched our website last month. It's the online home of our organising movement where you can sign up to events in your area, link up with other like-minded people on issues you care about, and even listen to the most recent episode of Pot on the Hill. If you don't visit it, you're a bum. Go to thisislabor.org and check it out. This episode is dedicated to the Northcote by-election campaign to get Claire Burns elected to Parliament after the sad death of Fiona Richardson. And it's dedicated to the volunteers who have found a home in the campaign, who do the work and stump up every day and every week to give their most valuable resources, their time, their work and their values. Welcome now to our three guests in the recording studio. We've got Millie, Grant and Tash. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. How are you going? Good, good. All right, Tash, we're going to start with you. Uh, what brings you to the campaign in Northcote? Tell us about your steps that got you there. Okay, sure. Um, so I was drawn to the campaign through knowing Claire originally. Um, I had done some volunteering and an internship through Victorian Trades Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew of Claire, of her work that she did there. And I found out that she was running for Northcote and immediately wanted to become involved because I knew um, – how real Claire is she's a young progressive labor woman um with good values and she knows her stuff um so that really excited me and a few other people suggested yeah get around to the campaign's office it's also a really good way um a way in to warm up in in the sense um of campaigning for the state election next year so tell us about your first internship with trades hall what got you involved in that okay um I wasn't actually necessarily drawn to do that. Um, I'm a law student um, and one of our uh, optional subjects that we can do is uh, an internship program and you can elect to do um, an internship with a community legal centre or um, a law firm who um, have participation. And for some reason, the CLC that I was applying to withdrew and I had a few other choices and um, they said, hey, um, there's this Young Workers Centre place. Mm -hmm. Um, Why don't you give that a go? So I sort of – it was by chance, um, but I was really lucky that I found um, a group of people, I guess, and an institution that um, really struck a very strong chord with me and my personal values. Uh, So – yeah, I was lucky enough that um, I've been able to do successive internships out of that and get a really good network of people um, that have helped me along um, a bit of a journey. So it sounds like the connection to Trades Hall started with being a law student. Yeah, I, pretty much. Um, that would be right. And then it, I, for me, I was drawn to law because I liked reading. Yeah, It seemed like an easier option than doing medicine or something else. So you sound like you're quite a student then. (laughs) Yeah, I've got a bit of a a work ethic, I guess. Um, But throughout my law degree, I'd become pretty disenchanted with the whole um, idea of practising as a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I didn't really feel um, working in a commercial law firm would be really fulfilling for me. Uh, And then it wasn't until I actually did the internship at Trades that I figured out there was a way or a side of this that I might actually be able to channel my personal values into um, and get some leverage with a law degree 
and um, some kind of resounding path to yeah. make a difference, I guess. So what sort of personal values of yours did you feel like you were uh, not being satisfied, I suppose, in law? <clears throat> Uh, well, my experience working at a commercial law firm, I really just felt like I was making or helping make rich people richer mm-hmm. um, or, you know, people who are quite comfortable. Um, yeah, it, it, to me it just seemed like this isn't helping anyone really who needs help. Um, and so once I became involved in the Young Worker Centre, I realised um, there's a whole legislative scheme that makes it more difficult for people who are already, you know, somewhat disenfranchised or um yeah the the government isn't necessarily uh making things better for them in a lot of ways so uh, to me that was like I have a chance to contribute to making this a fairer landscape um for people to work in in particular because I the way I see it everybody works and everybody has a right to take home good remuneration and conditions for the work that they do and the contribution that they make to society. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that the government in that. So did you – was particularly penalty rates is something that that, that federal government has not, um, you know, delivered on recently. Uh, is is that something that you've noticed young workers really being affected by, the penalty rates that, that they are now having stripped from them? Absolutely. Yeah, that was one thing um, that happened in earlier on in my campaigning experience and I got really pissed off about it because mm-hmm. all my mates – I've worked in retail, I've worked in hospitality, I grew up working in hospitality and often people's capacity to pay rent hangs on a thread by receiving penalty rates. Mm. Yeah, that was something that really made me – it put into perspective how real um, policy is. Yeah, and you grew up in the country – um, and did your parents really help to form your political values when you were growing up? Uh, I don't think it was necessarily drummed into me. Yep. I never felt like uh, my parents ever talked about politics or um, anything like that. But I, I really I think that um, in a more um, subtle way, mum and dad have um, embedded fairness and equality and um, a fair go in me Um, and you know they're from working class roots so those kind of values have pervaded my upbringing never anything overt yeah right and uh, the the way that fairness in particular is reflected in a Northgate campaign at the moment what does fairness mean to you uh, when it comes to the sort of issues and values I suppose that we're campaigning on in Northgate at the moment particularly when it comes to housing what does all that fairness mean to you? How does it shape the way you think? Oh, that's such a big question for me to begin to approach. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the crux of it is being able to live where you want to live and having a fair go in that sense, not being pushed out by unreasonable hiked up rent because of increased gentrification to the area due to a renting crisis that we're experiencing in Victoria, basically. Um, and it's particularly concentrated in the city, and guess who lives in a lot of the inner city, especially kids from the country, have to move to the city to complete university studies. And then people become displaced or, at the very least, inconvenienced by not being able to live in an area that is best for them to live. Does it feel like life in Northcote at the moment is fair? And that's another big question you've asked me, Nick. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, well, I can't really um, attest to that because I had to move from Northcote because I couldn't afford to live there anymore. So in that sense, no, and it kind of sucks because it feels like a lot of the people that live there have, you know, brought a lot of culture, a lot of um, what makes it a really cool, fun place to live um, and really attractive, convenient, all these wonderful things, um, very comfortable, safe place to live are being pushed out. What does Northcote and suburbs like Northcote look like in the next 10 years if we don't have the kind of equality measures to help young workers live and work fairly? Oh, we won't be there. <laughs> we'll be fractured, socially fractured. And I, in my view, um, that is only going to contribute to the growing mental health epidemic um, and other social problems that young people are faced with at the moment. Yep. So what's next for you? For me, um, I'm going to keep plugging away on Claire Burns' campaign. Yep, good. I feel like um, it's good. Um, it's empowering to actually be helping out on a campaign and sort of be really motivated by the reasons why you want someone um, to be elected. So I'll keep working on that and looking for ways I can stay engaged after the campaign as well because uh, it's, it's a good um, kind of landscape to be involved in I think so you would have done um quite a I mean you would have talked to hundreds of people so far on the ground in in Northcote um what sort of things really matter to people that you're speaking to what are the issues or the values that are really you know motivating them at the moment sure so um definitely the main thing that people um consistently came back with was housing affordability um and then secondary to that uh gentrification and the impact that housing affordability was having also on the rental market um people are gesturing to the next door neighbors which was under construction and it was just a sort of um very primitive a primitive weatherboard property um with without many features um quoting that it had been sold for over a million dollars which were just inordinate price um and seemed ridiculous and also um the concern that that came out of that was the kind of people that can afford those houses are not are not consistent with the people that live in Northcote at the moment yep um so you've had to move out of Northcote now Mm -hmm. um because you couldn't afford to live there anymore um and what does that say to you about you know, you're you're obviously working very hard. You're you know having done a law degree, um, still and going, still going, <laughs> doing a law degree, um, and that um, you know you're really struggling to um, you're really struggling to find that pathway to security. Um, so, what do you do about that now? How do you find that security in your life? What are you expecting to to do to find that security? Uh, so. I guess, um, get a job. <laughs> what do most people do? Rally get, get down a, at Centrelink. Get a, get a job that pays well. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, get a job. Get a job that pays reasonably well, which um, is not easy in the employment landscape at the moment. I feel like landscape has been my word of the <laughs> day. Of the podcast. The it's a good word. It's a yeah. good word. We should, and also it goes with the theme, put on the hill, it's a landscape. True. There you go. 
I'm on, I'm on point. <laughs> uh, uh, there are many different landscapes and the employment landscape is one that sort of runs parallel to the um, housing one, I feel, uh, because it means a lot, of, um, a lot of housing is out of reach for young people in particular. Um, you know, 25% of our wage is going towards rent, which constitutes like significant rental stress. All right, thank you so much for that, Tash. Uh, next, I'm going to go to Grant and ask Grant, uh, he's our second guest today, to talk, us about, talk, talk to us about all things Northcote. What brought you to the Northcote campaign, Grant? Sure, Nick. Um, so I've moved to Northcote a few years ago from Brisbane, and I've lived in Northcote ever since I moved to Victoria the first time. So Fiona Richardson was always my local MP. I thought she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I thought she was a fantastic minister as well, and particularly is the first minister for family violence, prevention of family violence. Yep. And... I was really devastated when she passed away, mm-hmm. um, but it was really clear that the only way that we could actually continue on with Fiona's legacy is if we kept this seat in Labor hands, um, and I'm so glad that we've got such an amazing progressive candidate in Claire Burns to do just that. Yep. So would you say you got involved because of the connection to Fiona? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, so what, what sort of um, um, you know, connection did you feel you had to Fiona in particular? I just felt that Fiona was incredibly involved in her local community. I volunteered on her campaign um, in for the state election in 2014, and she was wonderful then. Yep. Um, she could talk to absolutely everyone and would remember their names and would be really engaged in the issues that they had. And I feel like you can't fake that kind of commitment to your community. Mm-hmm. And I really see that Claire has the same thing. I've seen her on the phone possibly to hundreds and hundreds of electors talking to them about the most very and strange sometimes issues that they have in their local area. And she's really committed to working with them to find a better solution, Um, working with them with with the state government or indeed with council to try and solve their problems um, and work out something that's going to improve their their life. Yeah. So when was your first connection? Like when did you first meet Fiona um, or when did you first get involved in in Labor's campaign there? Sure. Um, At the 2014 state election, I was basically just doing letterboxing. Mm -hmm. I thought that I was just, I was far too shy, far too shy to actually talk to an actual elector at any time. (laughs) But I sort of sucked it up and I... You don't seem shy. Um, well, no, but, um, <laughs> I, I was terrified actually of walking up to somebody's door and knocking and having a conversation with them, particularly yep. someone I didn't know. And um, so I did actually manage to bring together the courage to uh, go and hand out how to vote cards on election day. And it was great. And I got yelled at a couple of times <laughs> and I got a lot more people who were really quite um, sweet and engaging. And I met some truly wonderful dogs. <laughs> and um, and that was where I actually met Fiona for the first time. She came up, shook my hand, um, introduced herself, and then uh, the next time I saw her was that night at the party, and she remembered exactly who I was, um, yeah. exactly where I'd been, and was really thrilled to learn that we had won the booth at... Yeah. Um, Northgate Town Hall, which surprised us all, but she absolutely deserved it. (laughs) So what uh, made you first walk in the door um, before you'd even met Fiona back in 2014? What brought you to the Labor campaign in the first place? Do you remember? 
Um, so it was in 2014 for the state election, and that was the same year that Campbell Newman was elected as Premier of Queensland and was a complete disaster, a complete nightmare. Um, I knew a lot of people, including my own sister, who lost their jobs because of Campbell Newman, and I was absolutely determined at that point to do whatever I could where I was living now in Victoria mm-hmm. to make sure that a Labor government was elected to protect working people and their interests from the Liberals. So what was the effect on your sister? It was devastating um, for her. So she um, had to move back um, to Toowoomba from Brisbane, which is Mm -hmm. where my um, parents were living at the time. Um, She went from a really great, secure public service job to working in retail, um, managing a retail store, and wasn't actually able to afford her rent and her bills and her food, um, let alone any kind of social life or any kind of anything that was fun or paying down her debts or saving for a house deposit. Um, My sister's quite a bit older than me Mm -hmm. um, and she's nearly 50 now. And the idea that pretty much because of losing her job that time Mm -hmm. that she'll ever be able to afford a house is just completely out of reach for her. So that must have been really difficult on not not only your sister but the whole family. Um, What sort of um, support was she able to get during that time? Yeah, I mean, as a person earning money, she wasn't actually able to access any kind of Centrelink benefits or assistance in any way because she doesn't have kids and she doesn't have a partner. So what it came down to is is that my parents, who are retired, and and me, who had a a better job, Mm. were sending her money just so Mm. that she could make rent sometimes or pay the bills. Um, It wasn't... uh, I think the the hardest thing was, though, is the sense of betrayal that she had in that... um, the Newman government came to power in Queensland with a promise that the public servants would be looked after, but then 14,000 of them all lost their jobs. Um, People lost their homes, their livelihoods. Um, I can't imagine how many mental health problems or how many marriages broke down because Mm. of those decisions. And and that, for me, was why it was so important to always be fighting for Labor government. Mm -hmm. And uh, what sort of, um, you know, uh, roles, I suppose, have you held in this... Um, you know, by-election in Northcote and what have you seen, you know, through that that time that you've been involved? Yep, well, I've managed to be even braver this time (laughs) and most of what I've been doing has been knocking on doors and speaking to people at all corners of the electorate Mm -hmm. and it's been super, super fun um, to actually meet some people in the neighbourhood who you would never otherwise see Mm -hmm. and talk to them about what issues are important to them um, and what issues are important to us as well for the community. Um, so we go out door knocking um, every day now, pretty much, yep. except for Sundays. Um, it is a no, lot of fun. It happened on Sunday too, but I did, you, it you did. might not have it been did. there, but I was, it would definitely well, I happen. There. <laughs> I was sleeping in, probably. I may have been a little bit hungover. We allowed. Um, oh, don't tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, so it is, it's amazing. You go out with a group of people, so you aren't on your own in a neighborhood you've never been to before. You're supported. Um, there's people there who'll be more experienced than you helping out as well. And then you actually just talk to people and it's just, you know, what are you interested in? What, what concerns do you have? And if you could tell Claire, our candidate, anything, what would it be? Um, so that's where I've been doing most of my work. Um, it's been fantastic and I'm really looking forward to continuing on with that. That was almost a perfect uh, advertisement for our campaign. Well done, Grant. I couldn't have said that better myself. It sounded amazing. All right, thank you for that, Grant. Now we're going to invite Millie uh, to speak. Uh, welcome, Millie. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're, we are delighted. Now, um, tell us about what brought you to campaign in Northcote. 
Um, so I joined the party maybe 2014, just before the 2014 state election. I was really passionate about seeing my local member at the time, Richard Wynne, re-elected to Parliament. Um, and my house was actually acquired for the East West Link. So I was quite upset, like, by that decision. So it was at the same time as well as that Tony Abbott terrible government, that budget was, yep, you know, that shocking well. budget. And um, I was talking, talking, and I thought, you know, I need to do something. So I joined the party, the Great Clifton Hill branch. Yep. Dorothy Nancy, a bit of a shout out there to our <laughs> president secretary. And, um, yeah, from then, like, I just became quite engaged in political affairs and really to be involved in Claire's campaign when I moved because of the East West Link I actually moved next door to Claire she's my next door neighbour um (laughs) she's a good neighbour yeah she brings in my bins on a Monday (laughs) (laughs) but um no she's good yeah so I probably met Claire late last year and she said to me do you have the labour conflict at your house and I said yeah Dave Ofino's up on the top and (laughs) She's like, oh, yeah, I work at Trades Hall. I remember the party and we had a good chit-chat. And one day after I was volunteering for Richard Wynne, um, Danae Bosler, one of our Yarra counsellors, was driving me home. She's a bit of a personal taxi for me. And she said, <laughs> do you live next door to Claire? And I said, yeah. And she goes, she's fantastic. And Claire got my endorsement from um, – or Danae gave Claire an endorsement. So since yep. then we've been good pals. And when I heard she was running, I – popped into campaign office yep. at our launch and I've just been doing stuff ever since. Yep, so what sort of things have you been doing in the campaign so far? Um, so mostly door knocking and phone calls. Yep. On Saturday I actually started training volunteers. Excellent. Which is exciting. So yes, yeah, Grant and I go out quite a bit together and knock on those doors and yeah, listen to the concerns of the community, which there are a few. But I think Claire will definitely fight for us in the parliament. Indeed. So um, tell us about what you do for work at the moment because I know you work in a pretty uh, high-intensity job. Yes. So I'm studying nursing full-time and then, like, to pay my expenses, I work in hospitality at a very busy restaurant, um, which is quite boring. It's (laughs) mind-numbing. No, so I work like behind the bar, I do like drinks and the cashing out all the tables, so all the bills, if you don't work in hospital, that's what it means, (laughs) and um, yeah, it's quite boring, like just earning minimum wage, just a bit of a drainer, and obviously the penalty rate decision is really disappointing, it affects me and a lot of my friends who really rely on penalty rates, um, a lot of the girls who I work with um, do live locally and they're looking at moving house next year because they won't be able to pay um, expenses yeah. after losing our penalty rate. So, yeah, it's really disappointing. Yep. And um, what brought you to nursing? Why did you want to do nursing? I like helping people. Yep. So that's basically why I wanted to become a nurse. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And um, how long are you... Have you got left in that study? I just started. I'm doing a nursing business degree, so yep. it takes four and a half years. So I'm finishing up my first year now. So, yep. so what um, what sort of uh, future do you hope to, to gain from that? What sort of uh, pathway is there for Millie? Oh, I don't know. I think I might want to become paramedic. So I'm sort of tossing up between swapping. But, um, yeah, I just sort of want to go out and, like, help as many people as I can and get, like, amongst the community 
sort of thing. I just know I want to be a nurse or a paramedic. I don't know. Yep, you don't know, haven't we decided. Well, you're still young. Um, people wouldn't be able to know, but you're only 19, so you've got a – that's a song, actually, accidentally says <laughs> you're only 19. Um, but you are 19, and um, so you've got a long long time ahead of you to, to decide. But um, you're doing great work in Northcote, so thank you very much. So tell us about uh, what it's like to be a part of the Northcote campaign. What it's What's it like there? What's the vibe like? Do you like being part of the team there? It's really great um, atmosphere. We're running a really positive grassroots campaign. Everyone's invited to come in. Our doors always open. Our youngest volunteer, Emma, is 15 and our oldest volunteer, the great Tony, is 82. Yep. Um, so, no, definitely come down, meet Tony, just absolutely riffing bloke. And yep. um, I think the great thing about the campaign is that Claire has really led by example. I rarely am in the office when she's not like there like she's always there all the time making phone calls knocking on doors and I found um like a lot of people whose first time it's their like first time door knocking and they're like oh it's my first time Claire actually comes out and does the door knock with them and she's a fantastic candidate all right, thank you for that, Millie. Next time, next we're going to go to the lightning round, which is actually a quiz about Northcote. So you're all going to be tested Ooh. on your Northcote knowledge. Are you ready? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What year was Thornbury High established? 1962. Oh, Tash, well done. How did you know that? <laughs> Amazing. What is Northcote's postcode? 3070. Oh, nice one, Millie. Okay, it's a point each. Are you ready? Multiple choice in square kilometres. What is Northcote's size? I think it's 22 square kilometres. Ooh, point off. Because oh. uh, not quite there. 22, that's a lot, isn't it? It's 22 not... or 23? Is it 23? Is it? I was looking at numbers. the electorate map and it says at the top. What is it? I go with seven. <laughs> is it seven? I like seven. <laughs> It's twenty one. Oh, so wow. uh, you've been you've been doctor point. I'm a really hard taskmaster when it comes to a quiz. Uh, you're doctor point, Tash. You're still on one. Grant, you got low. some catching up to do. <laughs> you ready? Okay. Um, what was the year that the seat of Northcote was first established? Is it nineteen eleven? Ooh, no. Sorry, Millie. <laughs> that buzzer is way too quick. <laughs> Anything? Do we have to submit an answer? Um, no, no, you don't. Pass. 1906? No, 1927. Yeah. Oh. Nice try. <laughs> All right, another multiple choice question. The voting population of the seat of Northcote, is it 48,000 voters plus? Is it around 38,000 voters? Or is it 52,000 plus? I think there's 22,000 houses in the mm. electorate because that's in the office. Mm. I am going to say the first one, the 44. 48. 48. But oh. you were, it was the first one. It so, was 48, okay. yeah. You, you, you've retained that point. Thank you. We've regained that Thank point. You. Nice work, Millie. Still a point each. I also submit answer A. <laughs> 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 nice try, Tash. Um, who released the album about the 86 tram? which is the tram that runs through Northcote and Thornbury along High Street. The song itself is called, uh, actually, it's the song which specifically refers to the 86 tram is called Northcote So Hungover 
Am I right or am I um, wrong? You are, except it's a bedroom the philosophers. Yes, you're right. It's yeah. a bedroom philosopher. There we go. Great. You, you, you tried to like argue the question with me. This is not on. I'm not sure I can give you a point. <laughs> and, I was um, getting there. But you can get you can you can uh, get back in the good books. Um, how many stars would you give the album? Ooh, about five because it ref- it it Excellent pertains answer. to Northcote. Nice, nice work. Who wrote the song Depreston about the overpriced housing market? Courtney Barnett. Oh, you are like a quiz master here. You really want to win, don't you? There's no prize. I'm just competitive. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, last question. True or false? Canadian rock band Northcote's name was chosen after the artist Matthew Good accidentally got on the 315 South Morang train line and landed at Northcote Station and was subsequently late to a gig. He then started busking illegally at the station because he had his guitar with him. It happened to be a busy day at the station. He got heaps of loose change thrown into his guitar case, made more than he would have if he'd made it to the gig, and he was so stoked that he changed his name from Matthew Good, the artist, to Northcote in honour of his success. Classic Somo line antics, though. <laughs> South Morang. <laughs> Do you even live? <laughs> Is it true or false? Yeah, it sounds like something I would try to do if I could play guitar and ran out of money for my Mikey. <laughs> uh, they're always on the SOMO, the ticket inspectors. It's plausible, true. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I'm just going to go and say false. You're right, Grant. I totally yes. made it up. Complete rubbish. <laughs> so but there is a Canadian band called Northgate. <laughs> I can imagine you like typing at your desk, like Millie. Don't give away the secrets. All right. Before we wrap up, there are some incredibly important events coming up in Northgate, as always, and these guys are going to be there. So every evening and every weekend, you can join Millie, Grant, and Tash. Not that you guys are doing it every weekend. I'm sure you've got um, some work there. to do on. But um, you can you can catch them. Um, because every weekend and every uh, evening, uh, the hundreds of other volunteers already making a huge difference in how we connect to our voters in Northcote are working away in High Street. You can sign up and join in several ways, but the easiest way to do it is to go to thisislabor.org slash Claire, that's C-L-A-R-E, and one of our fabulous organisers, or one of these guys, will get in touch to tell you when, where, how, and what you can do. We have social events, door knocking, and phone banking with training, sometimes run by Millie, um, and hanging out in Thornbury. Um, the Day of Action is on this Saturday the 21st in Thornbury. We aim to make this Saturday door knock the biggest single door knocking day in Victorian Labor's history. So come be a part of that. It's going to be pretty crazy. We're going to knock every door, including all of your friends and neighbours. <laughs> yeah. You may as well join us. Absolutely. Sign up at thisislabor.org slash Claire to be a part of it. On Friday evening, 3rd of November, we are having a Get Out the Vote party at the Thornbury Theatre kicking off at 7pm with special DJs spinning fat beats, you can sign up at thisislabor.org slash Claire. If you can't volunteer and wish to donate to Claire's grassroots campaign, donate at thisislabor.org slash donate, Claire. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pot on the Hill. Thank you so much to Grant, Millie and Tash for coming along. Remember that you can download each episode every week on your favourite podcast app. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher. Don't forget to tell your friends about it. Share the link for Pot on the Hill episode on Facebook and Twitter. For all the latest Labor news, be sure to follow Victorian Labor on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Next week's guest is Labor Senator Sam Dastiari, which promises to be a hoot. And don't be shy. Email us at podcast at vic.alp.org.au. 
Thanks, guys, so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Thank you for all your work in Northgate. And uh, we've come to a consensus decision on our choice of your music today, listeners. Some people don't like this choice, but hang in there because I think it's brilliant. Props to Grant for pushing this idea. Um, Our campaign office in Thornbury is in shouting distance of the Croxton Park Hotel. And, And as we've learned, it's also ukulele distance since the Croxton Park Hotel has just concluded the 2017 Melbourne Ukulele Festival. Which Grant describes as... The most Northgate thing ever. That's right. So we've chosen a track which highlights our incredible momentum in this campaign and what a positive place it is with ukulele. Take it away, ukulele, a Californian ukulele artist who I'm a little bit in love with now. And while you listen to this track, please do me a favour. Imagine you're sitting in your sunny, rented backyard in spring weather loveliness with a beer in hand. This song is made for that. Tonight I'm gonna have myself... A real good time I feel alive And the world Turning inside out Yeah And floating around In ecstasy So don't stop me now Don't stop me Cause I'm having a good time Having a good time I'm a shooting star Leaping through the sky Like a tiger Defying the laws of gravity I'm a racing car Passing by like Lady Godiva I'm gonna go, 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 go There's no stopping me I'm burning through the sky Yeah, 200 degrees That's why they call me Mr. Farron Traveling at the speed of light I wanna make a supersonic man out of you Don't stop me now I'm having such a good time I'm having a ball Don't stop me now If you wanna have a good time Just give me a call But don't stop me Cause I'm having a good time Don't stop me Yes, I'm having a good time I don't wanna stop at On my way to Mars on a collision course I am a satellite, I'm out of control I'm a sex machine ready to reload Like an atom bomb about to oh, 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 explode I'm burning through the sky, yeah 200 degrees, that's why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit I'm traveling at the speed of light I want to make a supersonic man out of you. Don't stop me. Don't stop me. Don't stop me. Hey, hey, hey now. Don't stop me. Please don't stop me. Please don't stop me. Because I'm having a good time. Sonic Man and a U Don't 
such a good time. I'm having a ball. Don't stop me 